Hello and welcome and good Friday going into the long weekend. Happy Canada Day. Happy July 4th. Happy whatever you celebrate or don't celebrate for whatever reasons, be they political or non-political. Have I expressed an opinion? Definitely. It's This Is Going Well, I think, with David Cooper, and I'm your host, David Cooper. It's This Is Going Well, I think, the show where no one's listening and no one cares. The show where every episode's the last episode. Let's jump right in. I'm here with someone from the risque online dating site, Ashley Madison. Her name is Isabella Mize. She's a senior director of communications there, and we're here to talk about the Canadian cities where people are having the most affairs, but I think we're going to go a little deeper than that. This should be a fun interview. Welcome you to the show to start. Does that sound like a good way to start? That sounds wonderful, yeah. Welcome to the show, the big welcome. Thank you for having me. So your your site generates a lot of controversy, um, but let's jump into what we want to talk about, which is the Ontario cities in Canada that made the summer's top affairs list. Uh, shockingly, Toronto wasn't one of them. Yes, Toronto did not make it did not make the list, but we do look at it on a per capita basis. So that's why it's not necessarily just if we just looked at it based on city size, then you would just really see the it would be more like the all the big cities would make the the top list. But because we like to look at it um, per capita, then that's why you see um, you see it play out a bit differently. Okay, we got Newfoundland, we got St. John's. I won't make a crude Newfoundland joke. Did that one surprise you as the number one city for people looking for you know what? It was interesting. Yeah, I don't ever really think of the Maritimes as being in the top spot. But um, yeah, that was number one this year. Um, And then Barrie, which has seen more than uh, 32,000 signups since 2002. So that had a noticeable jump since last year. What's going on in Barrie? Is it the economy? Like what's going on? Is it because spouses are getting laid off during this tough economy and then they're getting bored or something like that? Yeah, I mean, it's something because they went from number 10 to number two within a year. Um, So, you know, it's based on 2022 signup data. So it's possible that the, you know, removal of many COVID restrictions last spring was what, you know, sent people into action when the summer came around because we're always looking back a previous year. So this ranking is based on 2022 signup data. Okay. Well, I feel like if you find some stat from the city of Barrie about employment or about living situations or something, you could find a correlation or at least, uh, you know, something like that, maybe. Yeah. Like maybe it's a smaller cities. Um, there's less to do. Maybe people feel more confined by traditional monogamy. Um, cause it definitely, you know, seems to be something that we see as a trend, but, um, yeah, there's definitely that need for discretion. And then we did see a lot of university towns on the list as well, which is something that we we noticed. Is that like a sugar baby, sugar daddy kind of thing where younger people are looking to sign up? They don't necessarily have a long-term partner, but they're looking for someone a little bit older who's got a little bit, you know, nicer lifestyle? No, it's actually, that's not it at all. We actually see quite a presence. Like we're seeing an emerging trend with Gen Z just being interested in non-monogamy in general. So I think with our 
older membership, you know, they're often people that have lived a life before joining. So there are people that have gone down more of a traditional path in their earlier years, right? They've gotten married, they've probably had kids, and they really saw their life playing out that way. Um, but then they realized that marriage might not be the fairy tale they were sold or wasn't what they expected. So they turned to non-monogamy later in life. Um, whereas I feel a Gen Z and, and sort of the younger portion of our demographic that falls within Gen Z, they're interested in non-monogamy or more open to it earlier on in their dating journey. So is Ashley Madison positioning itself as a website where people are having consensual non-monogamy or more on the affair side, or is it both? So we're a married dating site for, for the most part. That's how we started. And again, a lot of our core constituency are married people looking to have extramarital relationships. Now, those look different, right? For some people, they are in you know a monogamish relationship, meaning that Again, um, if you look at monogamy as a bit of a spectrum, you know, a lot of people are on their on our site with the knowledge of their partner. Um, and that could be, you know, an open relationship that could be more of a don't ask, don't tell. That could be, again, monogamish. That could be um, couples that join together looking to bring someone into the relationship. You know, it really does look different. Of course, there are people that are having more of a a discreet affair, like, you know, without the knowledge of their spouse, that's definitely, again, part of it. But we're seeing a much broader um, type of, again, member join our site within the non-monogamy space. Well, I think you're going to love me um, because, A, I don't take like a black and white view of cheating. I think every situation is different. I think couples can work through it. I think it's wrong, but I think there's examples that are pretty mild and examples that are pretty serious. It's not just you cheated, you're a horrible person. The other reason I think you're going to love me, I met my current partner when I was in a non-monogamous relationship with my then wife. So uh, I don't know. Do, when you talk to people, do they uh, sort of think that Ashley Madison is wrong or do you get people that are very supportive of these uh, non-traditional non-monogamous lifestyles? I think both. I think people are, you know, surprisingly more open-minded um, than you would imagine. I, again, obviously, like you said, it's, it's a controversial concept a married dating site um it's been around for a long time so it was even more controversial i would say when it started in 2002 yeah which was long before i joined i joined in 2017 um but since joining in 2017 where again i knew very very little about this space i consider myself a traditionally monogamous person obviously i'm non-judgmental like you said i'm very you know i'm open-minded i understand that i've never been married before so i have no idea what it would take to be married you know, for 20, 30 years. I was married a year <laughs> before it blew up in my face, but it, we had many good years before then. My recommendation, don't get married, but sorry, I interrupted you. No, but I would just say that, you know, I would consider myself having been an open-minded person, generally speaking, before, you know, taking on this job since joining and talking to so many different members who use our site. I absolutely, you know, don't think you can, you know, you know, consider two situations to be alike, right? I think people, I think every situation is different. I think people come to our site. I mean, we have single people on our site, right? That are coming um, for that, you know, in, in that situation is totally different, right? So I think we you know what they're looking for would be a bit different. But I think um, in talking to people and hearing their stories, you sort of, you know, you have, I think, a lot more compassion and understanding for what it takes to be married nowadays. Mm -hmm. There's so much pressure put on your primary relationship for that person to be everything throughout the course 
of a very long time. You know, we're living longer than ever before. Um, I certainly don't think the pandemic helped. No, I was going stir crazy with my girlfriend. I, I left for two months. I went on a two month vacation from uh, I was living in San Francisco to Canada uh, just because we needed space. We're doing great now, but I think a lot of couples needed space during that time. Yeah, and I think people became a lot more introspective, right, about, you know, they think they saw the relationship in a totally new light, obviously being in it 24-7, not going into the office, having kids at home. I think it sort of really highlighted any cracks within the the relationship. And I think they, again, they turned inward and sort of said, okay, like, is this my life forever? Is this, am I happy? Is this what, is this working? And what is working and not working? And so I definitely think it called traditional monogamy, that one person forever, you know, in into question a little bit. And I think people, that's when I think, more of that, what you know, I think you use the term consensual non-monogamy. We call it, you know, disclosed versus um, undisclosed. Undisclosed non-monogamy. Um, so I think people became a bit more open to the conversation, and we actually we work really closely with a sex therapist by the name of Dr. Tammy Nelson, and she works out of the, the states. Um, and she has this really great concept of the monogamy agreement, right? And she says when a lot of people get married, you know, they're making this explicit promise with a lot of implicit assumptions about what it means to be monogamous mm-hmm. and couples really aren't taking the time to dive deep on what mo- like monogamy means to each of them throughout the course of their marriage. Right. Yeah. P- people just get into marriages and they assume this is the default. They assume this is how they want to structure the lives because that's what they're told, but maybe something else would work better for them if they just introspected, like you say. Well, and even just like what in this day and age, what is cheating? You know, is liking someone's photo on Instagram a version of cheating? (laughs) You know, going to a strip club without your partner's knowledge. Is that some people would consider that cheating? I know. Or it's looking at pornography. I don't want to get too in the gutter here, but just at a a very high level. uh, Some couples consider if the other one looking at pornography is cheating. Yeah, your your ex messages you on social media and you meet up with them for lunch. You know, is that cheating? You know, like it's. Some, for some people, you know, a kiss is cheating versus, you know, having sex is cheating versus, again, just flirting with someone, an emotional affair. Like, there's so many different things, and I don't think people really have those conversations. And then so when these situations pop up, I don't think really couples always know how to handle them, and they're not always on the same page. Um And so she suggests, you know, when you get married, develop a monogamy agreement. You know, what does monogamy mean? How does it, you know, work for us? What does it mean to us? And it doesn't have to be your grandparents, your parents' monogamy, right? You can really design your own version of what that means, but talk about it. Be specific. And then don't be afraid to revisit that agreement, right? Because like your driver's license, which you renew every, you know, what, five, 10 years, wherever it is, like renew your monogamy agreement because there's so many different stages in a marriage. You know, obviously when you start a family, when your kids move out of the house, you know, when one of you loses a job or starts a new job or someone gets sick, heaven forbid, you know, like there are so many moments that really do impact the dynamic between a couple. And, you know, for some people, you know, their partner, for whatever reason, just can't have sex anymore, you know? And what does that mean? Does that mean the other person is meant to go through life not having sex? Or does that change things? Is now, you know, one couple sort of okay with things they might not have been okay with two years into the marriage, right? And these are real things. They're, you know, I talked to a lot of members who their partner has a chronic illness, you know, and that means that there's just their sex life is no more. And doesn't mean they want to leave their partner. Doesn't mean they're not in love with their partner or in love with their family. But I think we really need to acknowledge these things that do have an impact 
on a relationship when you're staying married for 10, 15, 20 years. I love how deep we're going. And uh, so you you mentioned that you are more into traditional style relationships, even though you work for Ashley Madison. Was this stuff that you knew about before you started working there? Or once you got the job, you really dug into the research and the language and understanding what people are saying about this stuff? I'll be honest. I think I saw it as much more of a black and white thing prior to joining. I, I mean, again, I don't think I was ever, you know, I, I like to consider myself, again, fairly non-judgmental. Um, but I, I still think I didn't understand all of the nuances. Um, and I think what has been really, for me, eye-opening, not only just talking to our members and the actual people who who join our site and why they join, I think that, that you know, those conversations are the most, I think, meaningful and eye-opening. But talking to experts, right? We work with a ton of, like I mentioned, sex therapists around the world. You know, we're a global company. So we're in more than... 15 languages, more than 50 countries around the world. So we work with experts all over the world, which is really cool to have access to those type of people who just have been studying this for so long, but also working with different academic researchers, right? Sociologists, um, psychologists, you know, who are really making it their life's work to understand, you know, monogamy and marriage and how it's evolving. So I think that to me has what's gotten me to a place where I feel much more comfortable having these conversations. So we're talking about the positives. We're talking about what the experts say. We're talking about the non-black and white side of why people might use the site. But there must be people who who are on there who are kind of bad actors. Do people ever get kicked off or banned from Ashley Madison? So I would say that, you know, obviously we have a team in place to make sure that Again, our members are always, you know, protected from any of that. So we tend to, again, have, you know, a team in place to make sure that those are screened out pretty quickly. But I think, again, um, from all the members I've spoken to, they really do have, you know, real intentions of, I think, creating more fulfillment in their life and doing so in a way that I think, um, again, it's hard for the average person to understand, right? Because I think um, we just have such a binary view of of cheating, you know? And sure. I think that it's hard to imagine, like you said, like it's hard to imagine people coming to a site like Ashley Madison with, you know, pure intentions. <laughs> like it just doesn't, it doesn't um, line up. But I think, you know, I've definitely seen the other side where people... It sounds weird to use the word integrity, but it's true. People do want to carry out these affairs a lot of times with integrity. And it's, again... um, No, honestly, I mean, it sounds kind of strange hitting the ear, but there is a way to conduct an affair, although it's hurting someone uh, with integrity and and not. When I think also just um, the idea, and it's where I think the raison d'etre for the website was the idea of a successful affair, which is an undiscovered affair. So it's this notion of discretion, right? And I think... You know, the founding concept was that at the time, and this is one of the first, again, this is 2002 we're talking. So this is really, Ashley Madison's one of the first disruptor brands in the space. But, you know, there was, I think this stat was around 30% of people on singles dating sites at the time were actually married. And they were crowding singles dating sites and pretending not to be married. So I think the notion, and that to me is more of, you know, someone, someone posing as a single person while being married. That to me is, you know, I think that's really like a lack of transparency. Whereas I think on our site, they said, why not create a space where people can be open and honest about being married? At least they're not pretending to be single. It's like the idea of going to a bar and taking your wedding ring off, right? And pretending to be single. I think the notion is let's create a space where people can be transparent and open about being married, about maybe having some things that 
um, they, you know, are looking for, um, and they can find someone in a similar situation. So for the most part, again, these people are, you know, looking to stay married. They, a lot of, and again, I think it's this idea that it's only men joining. It's a lot of women looking, we have to change that perception as well. Right. What is the percentage of men versus women who use the platform? So we release an annual report um, every year on our member statistics, and it's fairly balanced, but we look at it in a you know market by market breakdown as well. So globally, it's fairly balanced. So it's around one to one, but in places like I'll take Brazil as an example, there's almost twice as many active women on the site compared to men. So it really, you can look at sort of cultural differences and geographical differences that come into play. Um, but we are fairly balanced. And that's another thing where I think for a long time, people just think of it as, you know, cheating husbands. It, it's, you know, it's women and men. And I think the reasons why they cheat are are different, right? I think a lot of the men I speak to talk about cheating more for, again, um, I would say like emotional validation. And a lot of women coming to the site actually looking for more sexual fulfillment, and that flips the script, right? Wow, I, I don't provide either of those things to my <laughs> girlfriend. So now I'm worried, but at least maybe she has integrity. Sorry, I'm just kidding around. Go, you can keep going. No, but it, it, and again, back to the integrity piece. Of course, there's always people that are going to totally question that. And I, I think I understand it's a hard thing to um, sort of, again, sort of, I think cheating and integrity, those two things sort of, it's hard for people to think of them as, um, existing within the same realm. But I think that um, the idea of, again, taking an affair out of the workplace, taking an affair out of existing social circles. I don't know if you're familiar with the Vanderpump Rules scandal. but I am. I wish I wasn't. I hear about it every day from my girlfriend. Yeah, that's, a great, that's a great example of um, you know, how an affair can really, an affair with an existing, I mean, you can call it an affair within a workplace, I guess, because they all work together, but it's so But right? Isabella, let's talk about this Vanderpump thing for people who don't know it's a television show, but, um, I have seen episodes here and there because my girlfriend watches it and every single season there's an affair and cheating. And so what I can't get through my thick skull and I've been it's been explained to me a hundred times is why this instance of cheating is so much worse than all those other ones. Uh, and my girlfriend seems convinced that this one is way worse. But the whole show, the whole premise of the show is that they all sleep with each other and cheat, isn't it? I'm actually a very new fan of the show, so I can't, I'm sure there are much more loyal Vanderpump followers out there, but I think my understanding of it is, you're right, it was such like a a global news story, I mean, everyone was covering it, but I think for that story, there were so many layers to it, it wasn't just a traditional affair, it was obviously, again, it was in a social circle, it was something going on for a very long time with, you know, two, you know, it was the classic story of your partner cheating with your best friend yeah right so. true that, that is true and it's funny you say you're a new fan half the people i talk about this say that they're a new fan this is the single best thing bravo's ever had happen to them almost by accident uh i think in ever yeah it definitely took off and i think but again like that speaks to just how you know people are impacted by infidelity like it's really something that i think creates a stir and an emotional reaction in people, right? So the moral of the story is don't sleep with your partner's best friend without uh, the consent of all parties involved. 
I think though, I think affairs in social circles, affairs in workplaces, like they really have the ability to blow your whole life up. I think, and, and this is another justification for Ashley Madison, which is finding people outside of the workplace, outside of the social circles, uh, isn't it? Yeah, having a more discreet affair, um, or again, for you know how we call it, a more successful affair, which is one that's undiscovered, because I think it's and it's with people that are like-minded, right? They're not looking to have. Both parties are looking to, again, um, have the same thing, right? They're not looking. They're not pretending to be single. They're not pretending to want a relationship outside of what, what it is. So I think it's that. I have a few more questions. I'm loving this conversation. You're talking about discretion. I'm hearing it. But let's talk about the specifics. Like, does the, uh, the name Ashley of Madison appear on the credit card? How could I be sure? And that's hypothetically. I'm not on the site, Miranda, my girlfriend. Uh, how, can I be, how can I be sure people won't know that I'm using the service? Well, again, even just in our sign up, you know, you can disguise your photos. Um, like you mentioned in, again, how you're being charged, obviously. No, it won't show up as Ashley Madison. So there's those things that come into play in terms of just anonymity and that type of thing. Um, and then again, just um, being able to, again, like for your photos, being able to put those to a private key so you can reveal those photos after you've talked to someone for a while. You're not putting all your photos out there. You're There's just, um, that discretion is built in throughout the user journey. So people can really um, take it at their own pace. And I think that really, again, just sets people up for a more, um, yeah, successful affair, as we call it. So I love that how far, how deep we've gone from the sort of surface level of top cities where people are using the service. What is your favorite thing about working in Ashley Madison? I think my favorite thing is just learning all that I do from, like I mentioned, our members and what motivates them to join. I think what they get out of being on the site, I think just learning about, I'm I'm curious, right? Like you sound like a very curious person as well. So I think that something like infidelity is not something you get to learn about firsthand all the time. And again, I think people are very afraid of the topic. I think it's very polarizing as a topic, but I, people always say, has this made you more cynical about relationships? It has had the opposite effect, which is, I think, very surprising. I think I'm still very much interested in marriage. I think um, it's just given me, I think, more of a realistic view into what's actually going on. And I think having access again to so many experts around the world who study this stuff, seeing like having a global view on this stuff and working in different markets, I think has been just so expansive and interesting. And just seeing how something like marriage, which is so foundational to our society, watching it evolve and change, which is not all bad, by the way, right? I think monogamy, I have to say, is still a wonderful thing. It is still something that works for many people. I think the challenge is it shouldn't be the default necessarily, right? And I think that there's so much shame associated when monogamy doesn't necessarily work for you. So people just really try to make monogamy work for them, even if they're not necessarily equipped for it, because monogamy is hard. It's a choice. And if you're planning to stay married for a lifetime, it's a choice you make every day. 
I know that judgment firsthand. You can imagine what my Jewish mother said when she found out my ex-wife and I were in a polyamorous marriage. It was not a, not a good scene. Um, is there anything else you wanted to cover or do? Or I think that's great. Did that answer all your questions? Yeah, I, I just wanted to talk about the site, talk about you know these sorts of things, and I had a lot of fun. Yeah, we can wrap up by just sort of saying, you know, we've just recently surpassed the 80 million member mark globally. Um, so I will say again, um, whether or not it's something that you agree with, I think it's just definitely something that, you know, is happening. So I think the more we talk about these things and, you know, acknowledge them, I think it's it's really worthwhile. All right, Isabella Mai, Senior Director of Communications at Ashley Madison. I guess it's ashleymadison.com. Thanks for talking to me. This was a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Have a great day. Thank you. You too.